This is the Benson Gregory Podcast. Interviews with leaders, changemakers, and real-world influencers. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Your support means a lot. Now, here's your host. Hey, I am Benson Gregory. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is going to be a good one. We're talking to Zach Mettler. Uh, he wrote an article that I found recently on a digital religion. And does church even matter anymore? Do you go to church? Is church a priority? Do you go to church every week? If you do go to church, you know, what, what what's up with church? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about digital church, digital religion. Uh, is that going to be a good substitute for going to church? You know, let's let's kind of dive into it. Of course, I'm interested in your opinions, too. Uh, feel free to drop me a note through my website, BensonGregory.com. All my contact information, socials, all that stuff's on there. Would love to hear from you if you have a thought on that. If you're on Spotify, you can actually reply to this podcast and tell me what you're thinking. And we may feature those in an upcoming episode. Our special guest today is Zach Mettler. He's a staff writer for Focus on the Family's Daily Citizen, and he recently wrote an op-ed for the Washington Examiner entitled, Digital Religion Offers New Opportunities and Threats for Believers. Zach, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, Before we dive in too far into what digital religion has done with the pandemic and churches going online and all of that, let's just kind of fall back. I mean, it's the 21st century uh, we're talking about organized religion. We're talking about going to church. Does that stuff even really matter anymore, you think? I think that's a, a good question, and a lot of people are asking that. Um, and I would say absolutely that, in, especially in-person church matters, and I would say probably more now than ever, um, in part because we're such a isolated and lonely society. Um, I was looking at the one, one recent survey that found that the number of Americans who say they have no close friends uh, is at 12 percent, uh, up from 3 percent in 1990. And so this is a growing problem, especially among young men. Um, that number is higher. 15 percent of, of men report having no close friends. And I was also looking into another study by the American Enterprise Institute that found that younger people especially are experiencing a loneliness epidemic is what they called it. Um, young people are lonelier in general than older people because most of them, they're not as rooted in particular relationships and communities. Um, and one of the uh, activities associated with reduced feelings of loneliness was frequent church attendance. Um, the study said that Americans who are members of religious c- congregations are less likely to feel lonely. And so especially in that aspect that church provides us with community and accountability uh, is very important to uh, attend church in person and is certainly relevant for today. I think that's fascinating. Um, I'm heavily involved in church and have been for a number of years. And talking to people, are my, I'm, I'm in my late 40s now. And talking to people that I went to school with, that I graduated with, um, they, uh, the non-Christians tell me that they don't have friends. And they're certainly not making new friends. If anything, they're losing friends. And I find that in my experience, it's exactly the opposite. That with community groups and things at church, activities and events and new people coming to the church, my circle seems to be growing. Has that been your personal experience as well, Zach? Absolutely. In my own life, uh, you know, in the past 10, 15 years, some of the best friends that I've made and still keep in contact with are are people I've met in church. Um, And I have other friends, you know, who sadly have given up uh, on in-person church attendance uh, completely in favor of watching, uh, you know, online church. I'm thinking of one of my friends in particular who started, you know, drifting from online church or in-person church and switched to online sermons and podcasts. Um, This was before the pandemic. And shortly thereafter, him and his family, they quit going to church altogether. Uh, and so this is a growing problem that I think that our society is facing. 
We, I was an elder at a church that was uh, running about 200, 250, something like that, uh, in a very small town uh, in Kentucky before the pandemic. And we were not doing online streaming. We were podcasting the sermon, but we weren't doing a live stream of the service. And of course, with everything happening during the pandemic, we did choose to close here. We had the option and we chose. Uh, we felt like it was a smart thing to do. Uh, to get a handle on what was going on. Um, and then we began doing the live stream at that point. And for me, and I'm really curious what your take is on this. For me, I felt really disconnected. Even sitting there on my couch on Sunday morning, watching the sermon, watching you know a few band members on stage, it just it felt like I was an observer rather than a participant. What, what was your take on that when, when it happened with you? That, that's a great point. Um, and again, uh, church, I mean, it provides us with that community. And what we all experienced or what most of us experienced in 2020 was that isolation that, that we weren't used to, um, especially older generations. I think older generations, that was a whole new experience um, for, for turning to online services. That was something they'd never done before. Um, but for younger people, uh, some of them had given up, like I was talking about my friends, had given up attending church in person even before COVID. Um, and so th- there was a study that I was looking into recently from the University of Waterloo, which found that a large number of young people are turning to what they term digital religion. And I think there's there's dangers uh, and benefits to this uh, trend. It, it's a generational thing, but based on what you grew up with, I guess, because you know, uh, Christian radio has been around forever. The, the, the flagship that we're on is uh, 48, 49 years old. So they've been doing you know, local Christian teaching and talk forever. Uh, they've been an affiliate of Focus on the Family forever, uh, probably one of the first affiliates. Um, so you know, Christian messaging on the radio, Christian church services on the radio is nothing new. Christian television video is nothing new. But I don't know that, it, except for the shut-ins, that it necessarily really impacted us in a way that we would choose to stay home, unless it was the fact that the technology had changed enough to make it more accessible. The barrier to entry for the smaller church was, you know, buying some cameras and some equipment to stream, putting in a better Internet connection. Was that a huge factor, you think, that people were able to sit and watch their own church rather than the the bigger churches that were already on radio and TV? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it was somewhat familiar to them. It was just in a different format. And let's all be honest. I mean, it's way easier to wake up on a Sunday and just turn on the television uh, and then watch church that way than it is to get up, get ready you know, dress up potentially, um, and then actually get, get into church, uh, and then, you know, experience that, that social community that church provides. And so it's just kind of a ease of access thing that I think a lot of people turn to. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily good, especially when digital religion kind of replaces, uh, replaces that in church experience in that community. Yeah. I know, I know of one church in particular that when, uh, they did return to in-person services, they went maybe a couple of weeks, and then the pastor said, we're done online. We're turning off the stream. The stream is shut off. And he refused to even think about proceeding with an online stream. Everything is either back in person or nothing. Uh, we continued to do the online stream because it's great. The viewership is down very low. But it's great that when you're on vacation, you know, boom, you can, you know, feel a part of the church service. And, and that's, you know, more of a supplement there. What do you think of the pastor's strategy where he just shut it off? Well, I think that's certainly one one way to do it, um, especially if you think it's a, a growing problem for your congregation. 
Um, for me, when, when I was in college, I, uh, you know, started watching online services for, for a few months and just realized how, you know, how that was negatively impacting me. Well, I was good that I was turning into church, but I was, I was giving up church in favor of just an online experience that was completely, uh, you know, just a, me, me alone. Um, and that's, that's a problem that it is continuing to be experienced here. And it really, you touched on something interesting, which is college. Uh, I'm a pastor's kid. I was raised in church. I was heavily involved in church growing up. Uh, I went to Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, which is a a, a well-known liberal arts uh, Christian university. Uh, Sunday mornings, I was in bed. I did not get out of bed to go to church. Uh, We had chapel three days a week. I had, you know, Bible classes. And I was like, Sunday morning is my day to sleep. And I chose to sleep in. And I had a really hard time reentering church because of that. Is some of this just that normal fall away that occurs in college years, you think? Or are we seeing even higher numbers there? No, I I think that's certainly part of it. And and again, young people, especially, it's just kind of a it's kind of a normal thing for them to turn to like the digital aspect of this. I mean, young people are the, the they adopt technology the quickest. Um, and I'm glad to hear that we had a similar college experience. I had chapel as well in a small Christian college. And, uh, yeah, I, I was on the cross country team. And so we'd get up early on Sunday mornings and start running for, you know, 10, 15 miles, uh, at 7am on Sundays. And it was so easy just to go back and take a nap after that, you know, rather than drag myself into church. Um, but there's certainly benefits that church provides and that community and that accountability is, is really important. And that's what we really need to focus on. Um, looking again back at the pandemic and, you know, during that time that we were shut down and we were we were cut off from people, um, it, at least my experience was we were really very strongly encouraged uh, to not be out if we didn't need to and to not be spending time with anybody that you know wasn't in our immediate family. Um, I found that those uh, relationships that we had formed through community groups were even more important. And, uh, you know, we kind of snuck around a little bit, if you will. And we did have a couple of groups that did get together and meet um, close knit families that, you know, you know each other and you know what's going on in those situations. And we use precautions, of course. But still, it was community became even more important. And that's what I really credit toward getting me through the pandemic and the isolation was having that community group and those in-person uh, relationships. And you sacrifice that when you go online. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. And uh, I mean, it was just a weird time, I think, for, for a lot of people. Um, but it was especially harmful for kids. Uh, a recent article that I was uh, writing uh, just yesterday, actually, I looked into the, the effects that lockdowns and isolation had on, on young children. Uh, and it was just it was just stark. It's, it's terrifying. Uh, there was a 91% increase in self-harm in, in children because of the lockdowns. Uh, this is from the John Hopkins School of, of Medicine. And there's a 300% increase in kids seeking medical, medical help for self-harm and a 63% increase in overdoses uh, and then a, a large spike in emergency room visits because of that. And so, again, especially if you're young, that, that community uh, is really important for, for young people especially. Wow. I did not know those numbers. I had not heard I, my own anecdotal evidence. I saw that it was obviously harmful on children, but I had not heard that the numbers were that significant. That's staggering. Yeah, it, it's truly it's truly terrifying. And that's why, again, I think in, in-person church, especially for, for young people, youth groups, um, things like that, is, is very important uh, for young people in their development, both spiritually and just relationally. Uh, relationships are important for all of us, though. I mean, it's for development, sure, but that's what's going to carry you through midlife and later in life. Uh, those relationships are going to be really a key thing. You know, God designed us for community 
And community is such an important thing that's emphasized in the Bible. If you look at Acts and, and how the early church was set up, it was all about that community. And turning away from that, you're really sacrificing not only your own benefit, but your your benefit to other people, if, if that makes sense, of, of how you're able to, to be a light in somebody else's life, how you're able to help somebody else through a situation. And it's that network that, that God intended us to be. And and you're seeing numbers. You mentioned some surveys earlier that that are really showing that loneliness is becoming a new epidemic in the U.S. Right? Yeah, that's that's definitely true. And you you mentioned scripture in there. It's it's supportive of community and and continuing to get together. You mentioned Acts two, uh, and then Hebrews ten. Also, it says you know we shouldn't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, uh, but we could continue to encourage each other and all the more uh, as we see the day of, of Christ's return drawing near. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned a couple of friends that I've had and I've seen their kind of drift away from church. And one, one person I'm thinking of in, in particular, uh, this friend, he graduated from my, from my college with a degree in youth ministry. Uh, he worked at the church uh, after he graduated. And I saw he recently posted on Facebook that he has not been to church with his family in three years. And part of that was because of COVID, but part of that was because of just difficult experiences that he had at church. Um, and so it's definitely time for us to get back to church. And, and it's so important for us. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the whole deconstruction movement and and people who have been hurt and you know have, are, are suffering some some emotional effect or sometimes even physical abuse through the church. And that that's kind of a whole other issue that we're not really speaking to. But what we are seeing is, I think it's, it's a slow slide. Maybe if you stop coming to church on Sunday morning, I, I don't think it's very long before you've walked away from the faith altogether. And it depends. Yeah. Everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different, but it, it, that's kind of what you're seeing too, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, is that it, the moving away, it's a, it's one step at a time and not assembling together is the first step, right? Right. Like I said, it's certainly easier just to turn from in-person church to the online experience. Um, but I think that's just a step or two away from, oh, well, I don't even need to turn, tune in today. I can just, you know, I'll, I'll say a few prayers and, and we'll call it good. Um, and I think that's just very dangerous spiritually and, and again, relationally. And that is where the whole slide just begins. And then before you know it, you're not studying your Bible. You're not spending any time in prayer. You just you you don't see the real point in it. And then the spiral begins of the loneliness, the isolation, the depression. And then eventually you're in a situation where you you just can't get yourself back out of it. Yep. Yep. And I think that's what happens when when we replace that in-person church with just online services. Um, but I think there's also some some benefits to that that kind of digital religion that the study I mentioned from the University of Waterloo talked about, um, especially when that doesn't replace in-person worship. I think that's good news. Um, in, my, in my own life, I don't know if you know of Christian philosopher and, and theologian William Lane Craig uh, and his media organization, Reasonable Faith. But they that, that organization has, has helped me grow in my faith. It's helped me explain my faith. Uh, to, to those who don't necessarily believe, who believe differently than I do. Um, and it's interesting because all the content that I've consumed from his organization has been online. Uh, it's been YouTube videos, podcasts, digitized content. Um, and that's added to my, my faith. It's not detracted from my attendance at in-person church at church services. So I go to church on Sunday and throughout the week, I'm listening to podcasts and things that help me grow in my faith, help me learn more. Uh, and that's a, that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for, for digital, digital religion to, to complement our faith like that. But it becomes a problem when that just substitutes it entirely. 
Yes, absolutely. I could not agree with that more because, again, we've had traditional media, radio and television doing, you know, programs like Focus on the Family for decades. We have uh, books that have been written probably for centuries that accompany commentaries that go along with the Bible. Uh, those kind of things, uh, devotional studies, uh, home you know, meeting groups, those kind of things were never meant to replace Sunday morning and the gathering together and the community. And really, some things have changed, but at the same time, nothing has changed. It's just the medium. It's now instead of, you know, getting a book or listening to the radio or watching TV, you consume it on your phone or your iPad or computer. Uh, it's still basically the same thing. Would you would you agree with that? Oh, certainly. And and I also think that, you know, especially digitally, I mean, this is kind of a new phenomenon that, that we've experienced in the past, you know, 30 years with the technological revolution. I mean, we have more ways for our faith to be strengthened and more ways to learn about our faith. And we have had ever before in history. Uh, you can listen to, to debates between, you know, theo- theologians and atheists. You can, you can do anything, you know, like that. Um, but we, again, we have to be mindful that that doesn't replace our, our Sunday morning uh, in-person worship with that community that the church provides. But it offers a wonderful supplement. Uh, my pastor now does a Wednesday morning Bible study for a half hour from uh, 8.30 to 9 every Wednesday morning. And it somewhat ties in with what's going on on Sundays, but not really. It's it's an independent study. And it is a great way. I look forward to it every week to sit down and spend some time online. And then I see him again on Sunday morning in person when he preaches. But we have the Facebook uh, stream on on Wednesday morning for that Bible study and doing stuff like that. That is what you're talking about. Right. That that is where the church can really take advantage of this technology and this mindset to be open to this kind of access and really engage people on a different level during the week. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And again, that, it's really good when our when our technology, we use that uh, to benefit us spiritually. It's, it's a very important thing. Yeah. Again, it's it's not a Sunday morning religion. It's it's a 24 seven, 365 lifestyle. It's a whole commitment through all of you, not just some place that you go to or something that you do on a Sunday. And, and again, maintaining that is so, so important and using the tools that you have available, whether it is, you know, a devotional that you carry in your pocket or whether it's access to all of these great resources that are online. It's important that you can use, you know, really we live at a great time because we can use whatever works for us. If you're more tactile and you want to do, you know, a, a, a book, then you've got books aplenty. And if you'd rather watch something online, uh, as you mentioned, you, you know, your own personal journey has been through a particular uh, pastor and a website, then that's great too. It's it's a wonderful time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> that's very true. And uh, again, I'd, I'd always recommend people read more books. Um, you know, I'm a big, big book fan. And uh, my problem is that I, I buy too many books uh, that I can't even read all the ones that I buy. So um, but again, there's, there's books that I've read on, on, on spirituality, uh, again, from that, that Christian theologian, uh, William Lane Craig that I mentioned, uh, his books, reasonable faith, uh, is one of the books that I'm talking about. Um, and he just gives you reasons to, to believe what, what Christians have always believed for the last 2000 years. And so again, books, you know, digital content, it's a great supplement to our faith. And I'd, I'd encourage all of our, our listeners here to, to try to take that on. Exactly. All right. Well, Zach, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, be with us and to talk about uh, this really important issue. Where can folks find some of your work and some more about you? 
Yeah, thanks. You can go to the dailycitizen.org. That's where my writing and the writing of my, my colleagues appears. Um, we talk about politics, uh, news, um, things that affect the family. Uh, and so we'll keep you updated on, on different culture events uh, that are going on right there at the dailycitizen.org. And uh, one, one last thing I wanted to mention is that maybe one of our listeners has been you know, struggling with loneliness, especially since the pandemic, um, and just needs to speak with someone, focus on the family who I work for. We offer a free one-time counseling consultation um, with a licensed or pastoral counselor. And you can request that at focusonthefamily.com under our Get Help tab, uh, or you can call 1-855-771-HELP. Um, to speak with, again, a licensed or pastoral counselor if you're struggling, and it's, it's completely free. And that's a wonderful resource. You'll find a lot of things that focus on the family. Um, and then the Daily Citizen, how often does that, uh, how often is that updated? That's several times a week, isn't it? Well, yeah, even several times a day. I mean, I got uh, four or five colleagues, and we, we each crank out probably an, at least an article a day uh, on, on different topics, life, um, marriage, uh, you know, education, especially that's been a, a big topic over the past couple of years, um, gender, gender ideology and things like that. So we, all the, all the tough topics you're hearing about in the culture, we're going to write about and uh, try to give you a, a good perspective on. That's awesome. Well, Zach, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Benjamin. Appreciate it. Again, thank you for tuning in. We always welcome your feedback and input, uh, whether you like the program or not. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you have a topic for an upcoming show. Please drop us a line. Check out uh, my website, BensonGregory.com. That's where you'll find all my socials, my contact information. I'm a photographer, too. You can find out the link on there to my portfolio, and you can just learn more about us and find some back shows as well. Again, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. I'm Benson Gregory. Have a good one.